We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw. We go tit for tat. We have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. Hello and welcome to the Moose and Runes podcast. This episode 98 of the pod, inching closer to our uh, mailbag extravaganza. It's an opening day edition today. It is an opening day, kind of. We're, we're, um, we're recording Wednesday, but I will put it out on Thursday morning. But so it's not even an opening day because the MLB season started in Japan okay, those games, uh, last technically week. Technically they counted, but no, they, you know, they, they marketed those so well that people forgot to, you know, tune in and watch them yeah that was uh in the middle of the night i thought that that was a perfect way to uh, start the mlb season really perfect way to start <laughs> perfect way to start a mariners a series um i had a good uh, i had a good little line uh, gotta gotta reiterate here because it was that good um to, to transition into our a's highlight uh on the weekend show i said uh ex- something along the lines of uh this year exchanging bunting for bento come on now i don't get it What's bento? bento box is a Japanese lunch. Oh, See, I, I guess that, that one. That one's yeah, a little too highbrow for you. It's a little over I my head. Apologize. See, you know, well, there's yeah. also you know the vocab thing. Yeah, you know, that, that ties. Yeah, you and you're excited. What's 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 bento mean? You're you're a good um you're a good focus group too. So I probably yeah. missed the mark with I, a bunch you, of people there. I, I would like to think that I'm. You know, that's, I'm that's one for me. The fo- focus group. You get it. That's, I'm sure some people. Uh, you are in California. That's a little more highbrow territory. Yeah, maybe a little people bit more. A little bit more pinkies more, in the air. They kind of know what you're talking. Not even about. pinkies in the air. I think there's just more bento boxes being Probably, uh, purchased yeah. around lunchtime out here. Must be a California um, thing. That's okay. But uh, we are not here to talk about uh, Asian cuisine, unfortunately, today. Maybe, maybe we some get Asian an cu- on that. Maybe, maybe some Asian cuisine questions coming in our uh, mailbag, as we it's said. Possible. Come one, we'll come t- all with questions. Any uh, topic, for we'll 100. answer it. Um, but Matt, we do have we do have some stuff to get today. We are in the thick of March Madness and uh, baseball season, as you said, starting officially here stateside at least tomorrow, uh, as as they do unfurl the bunting. And uh, we will make some bold predictions for the baseball season in episode ninety eight of the Moose and Roots podcast. Matt has a grievance for us that I'm excited to hear, hmm. and then uh, we'll talk a little Masters odds because we are uh, inside two weeks. I can hear the music in my head already. I can hear the piano. Yeah, it's good stuff. It snuck up on me a little bit this year. Um, I, I usually, uh, a month out, kind of, it starts, but I, I'm, I'm looking you, at it now. I was it, like, oh, I guess we I don't got, know if it's uh, just me. I, got, I feel like. Shell Houston open next week. And, I feel like uh, I didn't see the commercials this, this year as much as I have, and I think that's played a part in it. Usually, I'm, you know, early February, mid February, you start seeing the Masters ads on CBS and ESPN. I feel like I haven't seen as many of those this year. Maybe that's just me not being in the right place at the right time. But I feel like I haven't seen them as much, and that I think has something to do with the it's sneaking up on you. I, I've seen a few, but yeah, maybe they might have might have dialed them back. Uh, well, they put a little bit more of the marketing budget towards social, perhaps. There you or, go. Perhaps. It's a, it's, um, it's a digital world, Joe. Yeah. But we, it is know uh, you know what, it, Matt? You know what it is, uh, digital or otherwise? It's Jim Nance season. Uh, oh, he is yeah. currently in, as we said, in the thick of uh, the NCAA tournament. Heads out to Augusta, just. What a, what a time to be a Hall of Fame broadcaster like Jim Nance. I mean, he but, just uh, came off talk. the Super Bowl. He's in college basketball. Yeah, he's going to Augusta. Just, just the living's on, tough. Man. The living's tough. Must and he's got nice. a he's got a home game. Other, I, I mean, outside the fact that he won't be calling the tournament because it's on Fox, but the U.S. Open right in his backyard. There, there you he, go. Uh, he lives very close to Pebble. So I'm sure he'll be right um, there. 
We will get to golf in the pod today, Matt, but uh, let's start things off with March Madness. First two rounds of the books. Week 16 is set. We are looking at it again. Izzo. Uh, we are looking at Calipari. We are looking at Krzyzewski. Mm-hmm. We are looking at Williams. Uh, it is the, it's the blue cast of characters, and uh, I don't mind that one bit. No, I, I think this year was uh... – I don't know about you or if you did a bracket or anything or have many predictions. but I, I did, but I couldn't like, tell you how I'm doing. I, I feel like this year was a little bit more chalk than we're used to. Uh, I mean, you look at yeah. you, you you listed the names. You look at the seed numbers. I think they said all ones, twos, and threes advanced. Uh, yep. We got a couple fours in there. We got, you know, a five. And, you know, the, the 12 that advanced is Oregon, who's, you know, by the way, been a three, four seed the last couple of years. So not exactly your... Uh, your normal usual Cinderella but that doesn't I don't think that's taken much away from the games I don't think we've had that one I mean maybe we got that first you know March Madness moment this year with with Duke uh you know getting the uh, RJ Barrett getting the rebound put back and then that that layup rimming out but we haven't really had the the dramatic buzzer beater yet have we yeah there's no moment uh, that really sticks out to you like oh man that that was awesome like that was like there's no one shining moment that's going to lead off the video that you you know pick out it might literally be one moment um because there haven't been that many i mean there's been great games but there has not been the buzzer beater there has not been the big huge unexpected upset Uh, as you said ucf coming close there against duke the other day but um it it does seem a little more anticlimactic chalky um, there's, there's not the outside of jaw having a great first game and, you know, he's a volume shooter in that mm-hmm. second game, but, uh, there isn't really a storyline player. Uh, there isn't the, the Loyola Ramblers. There isn't the VCU. It, it has been, um, I don't know. I feel like I overuse this word, but it has been an underwhelming March madness. It's just, uh, it's been good basketball. I mean, no, it has not been good basketball at all. It's been good <laughs> television. Yeah, there you it has go. Not, it, college basketball has never really that no. great of basketball. There's so many second, third, fourth chance rebound opportunities that uh, it make your head spin. No, but, I think um, I think what we've yeah. seen these last couple of weeks, though, might actually lead to, you know, when those Cinderella's make runs and you get, you know, three, four double-digit seeds advancing to the Sweet 16, a lot of the mm-hmm. times you see letdowns in the Sweet 16 or Elite 8. I think with the fact that we got all these ones, twos, threes, and fours in the next round, you'll probably see these games get to be a little bit better. I like at that. Least I, I would that. hope. I, at least that's what I'm, I'm selling myself uh, in my own head. I mean, we got some really good matchups. UNC Auburn, That I mean, you set the over under at 190 and a half. I think you might get a lot of people taking the over on that. You, you know, Kentucky and Houston can all score. Duke, Virginia Tech, that's been a fun matchup all year. You're gonna have, I think you're going to have a lot more matchups that you're going to see some more fun. But again, you don't really have that underdog story, which I guess does take away a little bit from from normally what we do see in March Madness, what so many people love. I thought Iowa yeah. might be that, Joe, coming back from like 25 or whatever it was down against Tennessee to force Yeah, overtime. that was a heck of a comeback to force overtime there. Um, couldn't get it done in overtime. So like we said, there have been great games. Um, just maybe not that uh, that ultimate moment that uh, you look for. But still plenty of basketball uh, left. We got to touch on the Izzo thing. I know uh, we are on the tail end of the news cycle on that one. Did you um, see SVPs? video i did whatever and i thought that I, was i thought his thoughts were extremely spot on yeah but um i i think we probably both fall on the same side of this one that the fact that that even sparks outrage or creates a discourse or looks out of place that doesn't look out of place that looked normal and usually yeah. your eyes your ears can tell you when something's wrong what are we what are we doing here like 
how many times of, Joe growing some of up the like, best lessons I ever learned were out of moments of humiliation and out of moments where you felt maybe a bit belittled by a coach or you felt you felt the gravity of a situation that was made evident by the actions of a coach you know yeah. there's a lot, a lot of times action and consequence is not understood clearly anymore and we need to recognize that our actions or lack thereof do have consequence whether it be in a sporting arena in your everyday job or in the decisions you're making in life it's all applicable it all translates from one to the other and i think that was just a coach telling a kid that there are consequences to your actions now there's no time to sit down and have the Mori Povich show in the middle of a, of a March Madness game. Tom Izzo's been doing things Tom Izzo's way for a very long time. And that's why Tom Izzo's players are disciples of Tom Izzo. Everyone, um, came even, out, like, everyone came out and defended him there on Twitter. After and that, that forgive me for blanking on his name here, but the freshman who he was yelling at um, even came out and sat down and said, you know, that, that's coach doing coach's job. Um, even the athlete recognizes that in that moment. And, just the fact that Twitter and social media and whatever public forum you want to point out latch on to these situations that that are non-situations and try and turn them, them into something big. It's just, I think where I'm at with it right now is I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted for people having to back up decisions and actions that don't require any justification. Now, there are situations and changes that have been made in recent history that are great and things that do need to be changed. But our coaches are doing just fine. We haven't seen anyone throw a chair across a court in a while. We haven't seen anyone take a kid by the throat in a while because just like anything else, there's a line in this. No line was crossed the other day. It wasn't even close. And I I think part of it might be because Izzo still is part of that old guard of coaches and people still might have a problem with those guys you know, the way some of them do things. Yeah, but, but I mean, you touched on it. We the kid paint with came such out. broad brushes. You can't. The, the kid came out in the, in the post-game press conference and said, like, no, I had no problem with it. Like, he completely owned up to it. He wasn't giving A-plus effort. And you know what? In, in life, in a game and sports at work, Joe, if – if you're if you got a show on Sunday and you half-ass a script or something, or if you you know you kind of pack it in one show, you're probably going to hear about it from your boss. They're probably not going to be thrilled with you a lot about it. And you know what? That challenges you to go go and get better. You know, not make yeah. that mistake happen again. And guess what? Izzo went right back to the kid out of that timeout in the second half. I think he had something like eight points the rest of the game. Like he had a, he had himself a very good game. And it's not necessarily like every time somebody screws up or somebody makes a physical error, they're getting yelled yeah. at and you know screamed at by Izzo. That that that's not the case. Not at all. The case is if you're not giving proper effort, if you if there's more that you can give, if you're slacking off, if you're being lazy, you deserve to get yelled at in life. And that, I mean that's that's true. Like I said, in sports, that's true. In, in jobs, that's true. In relationships, whatever you do in life, if you're yeah, not I giving think, proper I, effort, you deserve to be told. Because it's it's a matter of, of action and reaction also. If you do not experience things, if you do not experience uncomfortability at a young age, you will have no idea how to respond to it. Coach Izzo put a kid in an uncomfortable situation and made him better for it. Now, uh, you could we could wax poetic all day on what that means for the rest of the kid's life, but... I, I don't know, for some reason it brought up the thought of that commercial of uh, preparing kids for whatever, for life after the NCAA commercial. Mm-hmm. Ten yeah, yeah, kids yeah. will go pro or whatever, whatever. Yeah. That's what that is. That is a coach preparing a kid for life after the game. 
yeah. just as much as it is him trying to win a basketball game. And not only do I think that it's justified, but it's necessary. Because yes. when we lose that, you're gonna, it's just going to... It's just going to get worse, and you're going to have to answer for the the smallest minutia, and then coaches can't do their job. Yeah, so, I mean, we know we know having worked in sports media, we know the guys who are bad guys. Mm-hmm. You'll you'll meet a coach who you know just not a good guy. Tom Izzo's not that. I've had the pleasure of meeting Tom Izzo twice, both times as gracious as you'll ever meet. So you know, it, it's a matter of character as well. This is not coming out of a place where it's a man with bad character trying to. Um, belittle a kid you know yeah, I, don't, the, I don't think that's what that was this is every player every person who's coached with Tom Izzo every note everybody who knows him I, I've only met him once personally it was very brief but you know mm-hmm. Cap who we both know well speaks the world of Tom Izzo and if Tom Izzo wasn't a great guy Cap wouldn't speak the world of him but I mean it, it's it could, just yeah. goes back to holding people accountable for actions and yes the, I mean people keep oh. saying he yelled at a kid <laughs> and all that quote he yelled at an 18 year old adult and kept him held him accountable for his actions in an important moment in his life and the kid responded and is better for it. And I think that's just, that's a necessary Good. part of life in, in college and in the workplace and, and growing forward. It's, you we're in the great age. We're in the great age of framing fact situations to support one's uh, cause or, or one's agenda. And um, a, a situation as, uh, you know, as visibly aggressive as that one makes for an easy target. That's, yeah. That's really all this was. I yeah, don't know. Yeah. But, um, a lot We've of hit our points here. Yeah, I the, think, yeah, a lot I of think the majority of our listenership probably li- agrees with us as well on this. So I don't yeah, think a lot of, to... a lot of good things, a lot of good, um, you know, future talent out there right now. And obviously Ja and, uh, and Zion have, have been the two players to really capture attention this season, I guess. And, uh, you know, especially this tournament. Uh, we had Mark Chinoski on here a little while ago talking about John. Uh, I can admit that didn't know much about him at that point, but uh, we, we know the kid's name by now, and uh, <laughs> he can really play. Where do you like a fit for both him and Zion? Just looking at it, taking it to the next level, um, where do you think? Because they're you know, probably going to go one and two. Yeah, I think so they both look, look good. At, and, unless, uh... unless RJ goes two. Um, so let's say the lottery goes. What two teams do you think – present the best fit for these kids to have successful careers moving forward don't get me wrong if i i, I want the bulls to to pick number one and the bulls to draft zion uh yeah. i'm just not totally sure that's going to happen because i think they're i'm pulling up the standings right now just to be sure but i think they're still fourth uh from the bottom fifth, yeah um that said i i think the perfect fit for the bulls is actually john morant because if you yeah. look at the young talent that the Bulls have, it's it's Lowry Markinen, it's Wendell Carter Jr. Who hasn't played, but he's shown flashes in, in his rookie season as a 19 year old. Um, it's Zach Levine, who's kind of your your wing who can be ball dominant at times, but probably not best being your ball dominant guard. And Otto Porter, who's a, a three and D kind of guy, they're missing yeah. that point guard. And I think John Morant's a perfect fit there. The Suns are another te- uh, another fit that people are going to say. I, I kind of like the young talent the Bulls have around um, a little bit better. And then, I mean, for Zion, I don't – I mean, all the other teams, there's, there's not one that's jumping at me. I mean, I'll say the Knicks because I think a, a guy like that probably belongs in a market like Chicago or, you know, New York or if yeah. for some reason somehow L.A., whatever. I don't think – I don't want to see Zion playing in Phoenix or Cleveland or, or Atlanta. I want to see him, you know, see, on, I on, have, in prime I have time a big stage. I wouldn't have a problem with Atlanta because Atlanta, you know, Atlanta him and Trey Young would be a, an intriguing pair of prospects there. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, not only prospects, but Atlanta. Atlanta you reminds know? me of the Kings last year. They have an uncanny ability to score 120 points, but they mm-hmm. cannot stop anyone. You know who um, might actually be A defensive you- player like... Zion, uh, you know, not just his offensive dominance, but his defensive presence, I think, really takes them to another level and, you know, starts getting in that conversation the way uh, Sacramento did this year. Another intriguing option for me there, now I'm looking at it, it's probably, again, very likely to not win the lottery, much like Atlanta. But if Dallas were to somehow win the lottery and they were to get Luka Doncic, Kristaps, uh, and, and Zion Williamson in there, I think that'd be a very intriguing threesome to watch for the next couple of years. I know Luka's a bigger guy, but he's kind of technically your point guard. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, with Porzingis, you kind of have your two big forwards down there. That'd be a, a fun group to watch for me as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but he's going but, to New York. I mean, the NBA is going to make that happen. I would be that's very it. shocked. It's done. If, if Zion Williamson is not playing for the Knicks or the Bulls next year, I you you can color me shocked. I, I don't see the NBA sending him to Phoenix or Cleveland. Matt's calling for the cold envelope, but uh, it's not the first time. Probably won't be the last. <laughs> um, plenty to uh, still get to here on episode ninety-eight of the Moose and Runes podcast. Matt, uh, it's a dreary day, uh, not reminiscent of what you would think of, of opening day for baseball. Yeah, we got. I don't we got know what you're looking at, Joe. I'm looking at like 55 and sunny, not a cloud in the sky here in the beautiful city of Chicago. Looks like we've uh, traded the places kind of here today. You're living in over there. <laughs> but uh, opening day coming tomorrow, I will have a front row seat for the highest paid athlete in North America, uh, watching a little bit of A's and Angels on opening day. So that'll be good stuff. Can but, you get them uh, on the we got some. We got some pretty. I will make the ask, but I'm, I'm sure. Can you get him to invest might. in the pod? Maybe um, a little bit easier see. now that he made four hundred thirty million. Yeah, but what's his product like? We could get Harper to. You know, we could have the Moose and Roots broadcast brought to you by Blind Barber. You know, that's like he's got a, his business. He's got but, like his beard oil and yeah, like barber business or whatever. True. Or what is what is Trout's product? Brought to you by Mike Trout. We're just okay. Brought, we're just like sponsored Joe, by Trout. Some, someone wants to sponsor this podcast. I will be sponsored by anything. I'll be sponsored by your own name if people want I'm to give us money. I'm not sure that's how ad sales work. We'll have to. Really I, I'm not we'll in sales to, either. We'll have to run that up the flagpole, as they I'll say. Talk to, I'll talk to some people at work and see what they see what they know about that. Beautiful. Yeah, we we'll get a little expertise on that. Get some but Matt, we have. Uh, we have some uh, baseball predictions to make. We want to give you a, just just a little whip around here, we'll a little MLB whip around. I think that's actually a show on MLB Network. So uh, yeah, no, so copyright. Sorry, MLB whip Don't around. worry about it. But uh, man, let's talk. Um, let's talk Cubs Sox first. Just okay. expectations for the season. I know you know rotations are set. Um, I, I don't have the odds in front of me, but you said you had something pulled up. Do we have over unders on so, either of these teams? I believe I the, on the, uh, like the the Cubs over under. If I'm not mistaken, uh, we we did an MLB show today. Uh, um, I, okay. I believe the one we used over under wins for the Cubs is 88 and a half. I believe mm-hmm. for the Sox, it was right at 74. Okay. I don't know how you're um, feeling about those. I'll, I'll, I can start because I have time to think about it. I've had time to think well, about it. I just had like, I'm going to just give you my unbridled knee jerk. Okay, I'm I like that. Under, I like under that. Sox over Cubs. Um, and just in as many words, I think that everyone's really forecasting the Cubs to continue a downturn because that's. I mean, to say, how many games did they win last year? 85? They won 95. They won 95 they a, games they last year. They had a quote bad year, and they won 95. The narrative around them seemed negative. And any time that that's the case where it's a good baseball team putting up statistics as they did last year, and there's somehow a negative narrative still being pushed, I don't see many kinks in the armor. You know, I still think that they're a really good baseball team that could win upwards of that 90-game mark again. Uh, the Sox, uh, to be honest with you, 
just, you know, the injury last year to Kopech, and it just feels like a holding pattern. I don't know why they'd be any better than last year, I guess is my um, is my assumption of it. Well, the, the hope is they'd be better than last year because you're hopefully implementing about 20-some home runs and 80-some RBIs into your left field slot as opposed to what you were getting out of last year, which was Nicky Delmonico and Larry Garcia and yeah. Daniel Polka to an extent, but he, he'll still be in that lineup. Um, so I think that's where a lot of the optimum optimism hinges. And I think a lot of it hinges on, you know, you finally have a healthy Carlos Rodon starting the season. Um, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully you'll have for the whole way. I'd be, I mean, if I'm a betting man, which I am, I guess I'd, I'd have him, you know, probably making a DL trip at some point this year. But if you can get that guy healthy and you can see, you know, Reynaldo Lopez, who took some steps last year, take another step forward this year. If you can see, Lucas Giolito kind of build off his positive end of the year last year. I think you're hoping that, you know, in a division that's down, I mean, you got Cleveland, who's going to, I believe, going to be without Lindor to start the year. Uh, Jose still Ramirez. Still a fantastic think, baseball still team. Still a fantastic baseball team, but they're also on the back end of that window. And you look at yeah. the rest of that division as well, it's not really, I mean, it's not there. The Twins are kind of, I mean, they're kind of half going for it, kind of half rebuilding. They're relying on a lot of old guys to, to be pretty good this year, which might happen, might not. The uh, yeah. the Royals are very much rebuilding. The Tigers are very much rebuilding. So I think the Sox are hoping that their young guys are going to start taking some steps. And it honestly would not shock me to see the Sox finish second in that division, but I'm not really sure what the win total is going to get to, to be there because I still think Cleveland's probably the class of it. But I still um, think that... I think a 75 win season, 76 win season, something like that might actually get you. Yeah. Is realistic, but might actually get you also like right around second or third in the division because that division is so bad. So I'm going to go over, I guess, provided that Carlos Rodon, you know, doesn't have more than, you know, one extended stint on a DL. Yeah. You know, keeping guys healthy, that's important anywhere. I mean, Eloy's the top end. Eloy potentially added a very big bat into their outfield. Yes. But the, the prospect of not knowing your fifth starter still. Uh, Irvin who is Santana's the fifth, fifth starter. Okay. I, I just. Which there, you're not much, you're not really sure how much you can rely on him because he was hurt all last year with the exception of, I think two or three starts on the back end. So I can totally see their the back you know, end concern, of the rotation. Yeah. Raises questions. I, I think the one thing I like about what they've done this year is they're bo- they, they did some bolstering to that bullpen, which I, I think in past years, I, I, don't want to say intentionally, but I think they might have intentionally kind of left that bullpen a little bit barren because I think they were trying to not win as many games and you'll play kind of yeah. well, hang tough with teams, and then you know have the bullpen just kind of blow it. They made some moves there this year, adding Kelvin Herrera, adding um, Alex Colomay. They, they, they have a couple nice arms on the back end of that bullpen, something they haven't had in a while. So I think you're going to see a step forward there. Um, I agree with you on the fifth starter, and that's why with all the money they have to spend, I'm very surprised they haven't said to Dallas Keuchel, you know, Jake Arrieta got three for 75. Uh, here's three for 80. Um, you want to come yeah. you know, pitch here for three years? Maybe they have, but he just doesn't want to. I don't really know. I would have made that offer because as much as I like their young pitching, you're not really sure. I mean, you got another guy in Dane Dunning who you like, but he's having Tommy John, so that's another year that he's going to be out. I would have probably gone and made that decision, but maybe that's something they're still sitting on considering. But I, I agree with you. There's one slot in that rotation I- I'm very much concerned about. <laughs> Um, Matt, uh, we we cover it 
from from sea to shining sea here. We do, uh, regardless of coast sport. to coast, uh, coast to coast. So we need some big we need some big picture predictions Ooh. here regarding the upcoming wow. uh, MLB season. So where do you want to start it? Do you want to start at individual awards, uh, MVPs, or do you want to talk? Um, we can go individual. AL. I think we can go individual awards. Okay. Um, who is your American League MVP? I mean. I hate to go chalk, but my, uh, the man just signed uh, the, the biggest deal yeah. in the history of American Speak for both sports. Of us right now because um, he's really, really good. He hasn't finished. I think what we said lower than like second in MVP voting. Uh, Mike Trout doesn't jump out to me as the kind of guy who's going to pack it. And once he signed the big deal, I think he just loves to play baseball and loves being. Good I think at baseball. just the opposite. I, exactly. I think now he's got this money. I think you're going like, to see right, a Mike go. Trout who feels a little bit of pressure this year, and that brings out even better in him because he's he doesn't want to feel like he's stealing money from anybody mm-hmm. that's the type of kid that strikes me as. so i I'm think good. we're gonna see an amazing season out of mike trout i'm gonna go with mike trout uh some guy someone i want to keep have you keep an eye on i know you're very familiar with him is chris davis if yeah. oakland has a, a similar year to last year where they're kind of hovering around the wild card and he goes and hits another Something's 40, gotta 45 happen home runs people but something's got to happen for people to start watching Chris Davis before the All-Star break. The, he the, does it all season. And Oakland's got to be competing in that division. They've got to be competing with Houston the whole way. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, he's got to jump out. He's got to have a quick start. He's got to be in all – He's he's got to have, you know, I don't know, 25 home runs or so by the All-Star break, get himself in the starting lineup. get Because people keep catching on to him, but it always seems like it's not until – September that people realize you know someone wow, else's having cause always has too much momentum mm-hmm. by the time I, they realize uh, I think yeah, if you look at the Yankees obviously they have Stanton and Judge who everybody loves but I think they're kind of them being in the same lineup together is always going to kind of play against them because so many people are going to see them as kind of a package deal and I'm not sure one of them will get the votes I mean Mookie Betts yeah but he's also got some contract stuff going on in Boston so I, I just I like Trout I'm gonna go Chalk there I like it I'm on the NL side Yes, you're going shocked. Yeah. Whew, uh, the NL side. I don't really know where to go with this one. I, I think I want to go. I, I don't know if this is a chalk pick, but I think Nolan Arenado strikes. Come on. Guy. That, that's what? That's my pick. Okay, should I, should I pick? Well, why don't I, you tell me why, agree on you tell me why you like Arenado, and then I'll pick somebody else. I just think he's you know another guy who just got paid, but just – approaching his prime i think he's what yeah, 20, he's, he's approaching his prime. Like 27 28 he, something he's like gonna that. have a he could have a bad year and still hit 30 in that stadium i mean i think paul yeah. goldschmidt's gonna have a huge year in st louis uh, i think kind of going into a, a big time you know st louis isn't the biggest market but it's a big time fan base that's a big time team i think kind of yeah. getting in there i think that's going to help marcelo zuna hit a lot i think it's going to help yadi a little bit i think that whole lineup is going to be rejuvenated with him in there and he's going to be the you know key cog in the middle of it I mean, Bryce Harper will be fine, I think, this year. Um, also, someone in the Cubs lineup, I'm not sure who yet. Uh, I don't think Baez is going to have that type of year. One of the Cubs. Last year, but I, I think I, my gut feeling tells me Chris Bryant comes back with a vengeance this year and has a very, very good season. He'll have his name in that conversation. I think Yelich is going to be good, but I, it's going to be hard to top what he did last year. So unless that team goes out and wins this division again because of what he did, uh, I don't – think you're going to see him winning another MVP yeah, this year. But uh, as you said, a Chris Bryant resurgence would really Wouldn't shock some me life into a summer on the north side. That'd be mm-hmm. a, a lot of fun up there. But uh, all right, Matt, enough with the uh, enough with the individual awards. It's a team game. So it we got to pick game. baseball's uh, team game. You go first. We're not going to we're not going to go through uh, every division, but let's just talk playoffs. Who do we see in this World Series matchup? Who do you like? Um, and just so you don't take my picks before I okay, say I them, want you to start. 
Um, coming out of the American League, I think the New York Yankees find themselves back in a uh, in a winning position this year in the World Series. I just think with so much firepower uh, offensively, and um, I can't pretend like I know a ton about their uh, starting pitching. They got the but, bullpen. Um, the starting I pitching, think I think, is the concern. When you talk about windows, they're they're smack in the middle of one right now. So that's why I like the Yankees, and not to be just completely like. Um, give me the old matchups, but Yankees and Dodgers. Do- I think the Dodgers are still very much the team to beat in the National League. Yeah, um, I think the Yankees. Are, I think the Yankees are built very much for today's kind of playoff system, where you don't necessarily need all those aces. You need a starter to kind of get you five, six, and then turn it over to a bullpen. And that's exactly yeah. what they have. They have uh, Adam Ottavino. They signed. They signed Zach Britton. They obviously have Chapman on the back end of that bullpen. They have Batanzas. So they, they have guys who can, you know, pretty easily go ahead and be, you know, your fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, sixth, seventh, eighth inning guys, whatever you want. I like them as well. Uh, I, I like them to go to the ALCS, but I think you're going to see a rematch of a couple years ago when they took on Houston and, and Houston came out victorious. I'm going to go with Houston again. Um, I okay. love that lineup. I love that rotation. <laughs> Obviously, what I just said, the Yankees yeah. are built for today's playoffs, but I also I, I love what they have. I think Houston has two legitimate Cy Young contenders at the front end of that rotation. I think they still have a pretty solid bullpen, and I don't know what's going on in the water there with those pitchers down in Houston, but they seem to figure it out in the bullpen. So I'm going to go with the Astros because I love that lineup, and you got Verlander and Cole at the top. Um, in the NL, I, I was... I think the Dodgers kind of lean on Julio uh, Urias, Urias, whatever, how, how healthy yeah. he is, how good he looks this year. But uh, my gut's telling me the St. Louis Cardinals. I'm not sure they're going to win the division. Uh, but I think, um, what's it, Mil- uh, Adam Miller, the, the lefty, they, they added yes. him to the bullpen this year. They do the, the you know versatile lefty out of the bullpen. Um, I like their rotation if Miles Michaelis is good again. I love that lineup. Um I'm going to go with them, but I think the Cubs and the Dodgers will both be nipping at their heels. I think the Phillies are probably one year away, maybe two years away from being kind of that team once they sure up that rotation. But I, I like the Cardinals with the, the Cubs and the Dodgers just behind them. Cardinals. He's going so with give, me, give me an Astros-Cardinals World Series. Sign me up. Sign me up for seven games of Astros-Cardinals. You know what happened? The, the last time I remember the Astros-Cardinals playing in a, world, or in a playoff series, Joe, was the 2005 NLCS. Ah. You know what happened the series after that? Um, neither the of them won, won the World neither Series. Neither of them won the World Series because the <laughs> Chicago White Sox capped off an 11 and one playoff run and won the World Series. Just a small town girl. Oh, Cue yeah. it up. Cue it up. We'll play. Um, we'll get that going. Matt, before we jump into buy or sell here, that we're going to go a full Masters edition buy or sell. Oh, uh, you have a grievance right for now. us. I do. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're going to hear about it. You can't handle the truth. Boy, have you lost your mind? I'll help you find it. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Um, I'm not, this isn't really a major grievance, and I don't love bringing LeBron into the podcast unless you really, really absolutely have to. But <laughs> this one, I, like I saw this quote, and you didn't, you at first didn't have that big of an issue with it when I brought it up to you. I don't know if you still feel the same way, but I read it, and it just kind of came off the right way, or the wrong way immediately when I saw it. Uh, Chris Bosch had his number retired by the Heat last night, um, raised to the Raptors. Obviously, he had some, some health issues that made him not play basketball anymore. 
Um, but obviously D Wade was in the house because he's still on, on Miami and they asked LeBron for comment and LeBron's message to Chris Bosch was, I don't win my two championships in Miami without you. And I just thought that was the, the I in me and my, and people want to rip on LeBron for, for all sorts of things. And I don't really mind what he's done in LA. He's kind of watching out for the rest of his career, but I just thought that was a very not well thought out thing to say, given, given his public perception. I th- I'm not sure if he actually meant it that way or if he just kind of was saying it off the cusp. But for having probably a very long time to plan the opportunity to make a statement towards Chris Bosch, for you to come out with that being your statement, maybe he's just trying to play to a brand, maybe he's trying to play to a storyline, whatever. I just thought that was very short-sighted and not very well thought out. And I'm not sure if he meant it to be so self-fulfilling whatever but i just that quote rubbed me the wrong way just kind of he came off as an egomaniac with that that's all it's it's fair enough um i I do think that lebron's move to miami was the beginning of the me era in the nba oh 100 um in terms of you know making non-team based and you know everyone's got to look out for their own back but in terms of like taking the the road most traveled like taking the easiest route to wherever you're going um that was the first big move of that ilk so i think the fact that he used me instead of we is not only telling but accurate of what that championship meant in the greater pantheon of nba championships yeah so that's fair again nothing i'm not up in arms but, about uh, it I'm not i'll agree with you on that like one. i have I, 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 you swung me that was you swung just not me. the I do. I, just from a PR standpoint, I didn't think that was the great. Like, you, you probably had all this time to think that one through and make it a nice, well thought out statement, and that's what you come up with. I just thought that was lazy. Yeah, not but, as cleanest. Not as. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not talk as golf. Let's make there. me happier. Let's talk a little golf. Masters week quickly approaching. I play the, the music in the background, in but I think there's like extreme copyright issues on that. So as much as I, I don't, there's hate, like a team of ten thousand yeah, people that as, listen mu- to as much as I don't hate internet. sneaking some some. <laughs> You know, instrumental versions of songs underneath some beats. I think that's one I'm going to stick or away from because former, I'm you know, a Billy Payne, the, the former commissioner, Billy Payne, until what was it, two years ago. Um, that's actually what he does in his retirement is he yeah. listens to every moment of audio on the internet and make sure that there's no master's copyright infringement. Billy, if you're listening, it's really, we, uh, we it's avoided, really a passion project. <laughs> Billy, if you're listening, we avoided using the topic, uh, the, the music. Please join the podcast. We'd love to talk to you. Thank you, Commissioner Billy Payne. Uh, Jim, Jim, we'll hand it over to you. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. I like to buy 500 shares of Animotion Incorporated. Animotion is up an eighth after plunging 75 points this morning. Hey, cuz, heard you have the money problem. Sell, sell, sell. They're all selling and buy, buy, buy. I can't believe you put your money in that Centrex. You could have invested in my rollout tie dispenser. You can get a good look at a T-bone by sticking your head up a butcher's ass, but then, no, it's got to be your bowl. I declare bankruptcy! Um, but uh, we're going to do a little buy or sell here uh, in terms of odds to win the 2019 Masters. It's it's legitimately a buy or a sell. Yes, do, we, you, do you see value in the odds for this given player? Uh, we're each going to present two, and we're going to say whether or not you think that's a value pick. So uh, pretty cut and dry. Um, would you like to do the uh, – would you like the tee? Would you like I, the I don't know. You know, I would – why don't you tee off first? Why don't you give me a couple options here? I'm going to – because I don't want to okay. steal any of your names. I don't want to steal any of your topics. I'd like you to uh, – you're on your strategy. 
so just straight off the top, these are not I'm not giving you these names, but your three favorites are currently Rory McIlroy at eight to one, Dustin Johnson at ten to one, Tiger Woods at twelve to one. Oh, you have now, a twelve to one. I have I have him and Justin at four him and the two Justins, Rose and Thomas at fourteen. Okay, I got I got Justin Thomas at sixteen. So just go off whatever you what? want. I'm looking at Vegas. That's fine. I'm looking at Vegas inside. Right in, in this case, Joe, twelve to one and fourteen to one are pretty much. I mean, we're not talking about but, that much. We're, we're talking. Yeah, dollars. but we're we're trying to bring a we're trying to bring a little value here. A yeah. splash bet. Um, the one that pops up to me, and they say it's a second shot course, but you still got to keep it in the fairway. Um, and the longer you are, the better. So I, I automatically take some of the shorter players out. Um, but but I think there's some value. My big value pick, buy or sell, Tony Finau at 30 to 1. He's Ooh. long, great second shot game. Uh, you know, it's just if he brings his putter with him. I think Tony Finau is built to be in the top 10 at Augusta for the next decade. I, I would absolutely buy that pick. Talk about a guy who's, you know, he, last year ended on just about as, as high of a high note as you can playing his way onto the Ryder Cup team. I think he's, mm-hmm. he's a name that we're going to be seeing atop the leaderboards at majors. I like that pick a lot. Like you said, he, he can be long off the tee, but that second shot, uh, he can put himself in the right spot too. So I like that pick. That's a good pick. That's there. There's definitely uh, value in that at 30 to one as well. Also a great showing, uh, by Tony last year. I believe he finished. Let me see. Tony Fino. I'll get the stat for us. I think he finished top 15 last year at the masters. Um, but, uh, it's, uh, it's been a, a solid season for them from him thus far. And you have to remember last year's Masters performance was played with a bit of a sore ankle after he popped that thing back into place after the par three uh, tournament. I'm sorry. What'd you say? I wasn't listening. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I was, I was caught reading something and I completely didn't hear what you said before. Um, I, I said he had a great showing last year <laughs> at least I'm after rolling his ankle. Thanks, oh, I Matt. do remember that. I do remember that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I agree. Give me one. <laughs> Give me one. Um, I've been kind of scrolling through here, and I, I, we talked about it last year, uh, or not last year. I think it was year last week or the week before. Um, guy hasn't yet won a tournament, an American tournament on tour. I like Tommy Fleetwood at twenty-eight to one, uh, just under at thirty to one, like you had with Fino. He he's a guy who can hit the ball straight off the tee. He can he can putt the ball really well. His second shot, uh, like you said, he, he's been very good with. Spe- you always see his name up there in majors too. Um, it, it seems like a, when a lot of players aren't playing well in tough conditions at bad courses, he's a guy that figures out a way to to still score well. And I just I, I love his game. I love his consistency. So I think at twenty eight to one, um, I think that's a decent shot for him that I, that I like at those outs. Yeah, he's playing good golf this year too. Uh, tied he's, third at Arnold Palmer. Invitation, he's never really playing the bad players. Golf. I think that Tommy Fleetwood is the next. Who do I want to make a comparison to here? Jim Furyk came to mind. Like he's going to be in every top ten forever, but isn't going to win a ton of tournaments, especially majors. So uh, I'm going to sell on Tommy Fleet with that there. I, I I respect your opinion. I, I respectfully disagree with it, but uh, <laughs> I just if his name's up there enough, I think he's going to get one at some point. Um, and mm-hmm. you know why not this weekend? Why don't you give me one? Uh, I'm going to look for some long odds here. Ooh. You can never count out Zach Johnson at the Masters. Oh, Not who I'm going it, with, but Zach Johnson ZJ, a major. ZJ going off at 190 to one. I'm so some absolutely big, going to make a bet on some that. Some big values to throw a couple of shekels down on uh, on old ZJ. Um, just long odds. Uh, Duffman 400 Coo- to one. Kuchich 50 to one. 
how about Pat Perez at four? I, I think Pat Perez is coming off a bad back, though. You don't want to bet. Not even, even going to put that one on champion, the table. The, the defending champ at plus four or at plus forty five hundred, so forty five to one. Uh, how about Torbjorn Olsen? Uh, it it has been it's been a foreigners tournament. Uh, for a long time, and I, I, I'm not saying that with any ill will. What problem but you got with foreigners? No, it just seems like they deal with the ebb and flow of the game better. John Rahm aside, you know, a lot of the Ryder Cup team, Europe, Team Europe, they're so good because the way that they, you know, capture momentum and the way that they respond to, you know, knocks on the momentum, that might have something to do with um, with foreign success in majors. Mm-hmm. I might be grasping at straws there, but what do you like Torbjorn Olsen at 150 to 1? Uh, that's not... Okay. I, I, he, I mean, he sure. hits the ball a mile. That's I'm really going to be it. honest with you. I, I don't know a ton about Torbjorn Olsen's game. So if I you're saying that, like I, I, I do five buy wins into on the European, European tour last year. I do buy into the European mindset. Um, so I'll uh-huh. give you that exactly why I'd like Tommy Fleetwood, no big deal. Um, so I don't know if you'd consider this too long of a long shot, but for a guy like Jason Day to be going at twenty eight to one, I know he's had his struggles the last few years, but I still think that high potential is there. Um, so I, I don't hate that at twenty eight to one. And where is the last one I just had? Oh, Kevin Kisner uh, is going off at one hundred fifty to one. He putts very well, which is important everywhere, but especially in majors. And he's been. Yeah. He hasn't been great this year, but he's had a, a decent amount of top 20 finishes, I want to say. You've seen his name kind of up towards the leaderboard early on, and then he's necessarily, he's fallen back a little bit. But he's a guy who, who finished strong in the last year. We, we see his name around a lot, and I, I always like the guys who can putt well, who can make putts, and he's a guy who has done that in the past. So I think at 150 to 1, similar, similar to your Olsen odds, I, I do like mm-hmm. Kevin Kisner. And he's a, I believe he's from South Carolina, but he, he's a Southern yeah. golfer. So not that, that makes a huge difference, but he feels right at home at that, that style of golf course. Yes, absolutely. Um, I want to say that he's from Georgia, actually. I want to say it's that one, he's, it's, you know, I want to say he lived like South. Augusta adjacent. Uh, he lived very close to Augusta growing up, but um, I do like he's that He's from well. South Carolina. He went to Georgia. So we're both gotcha. right. He went to University of Georgia. We're both right. Good for us. Gotcha. Shout out us. Good stuff. Yeah. Way to go us. So, um, but you, Matt, we will put in our official our advice, picks. Just everybody, if you take our advice and, and, and hit on some, don't be afraid to, you know, maybe yeah, send, but, you know, just put some couple, in an envelope. Maybe throw you a write a, you write back a to the small Moose check, just send it back to the Moose Friends podcast. Every 10% is the going rate, yeah, but what are you going to do? It's not that much. We just, we don't ask for a lot from you people. Yeah, just, we're trying to get this merch game. We're yeah. trying to get this merch thing off. If ground, you want so. those Mitch Trubisky Night King shirts that we talked about, like <laughs> over a year ago, we need some money to <laughs> produce them, people. They're in beta right now. So we're, we're really just, out. we want to really fine tune things. That was a hell of a shirt Matt. I think that's uh, that's all we got here for episode 98 of the Moose and Runes podcast. Coming back next week before the Masters begin, we will give our official picks mm-hmm. and start a little bit of some sort of major wager for the season ahead. Yeah, do we? Uh, it feels it's, I, I feel like we had a little bit of a shorter episode, but that doesn't necessarily make it a bad one here. Um, Is that were I, we a little short today? We run a little. No, short? We're around 40 minutes. We're usually around the 50 to 55 minute mark. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's just it's you know I. I, just, I like talking to you, Joe. Sometimes you know, a, it feels like... It's an like, evening episode. I think yeah, it, it might be the... It's an evening well, yeah, episode. I like, ladies and gentlemen, we're recording this. It's it's 5 o'clock my time. or I'm sorry, 6 o'clock my time, 4 o'clock, Joe. So this is we're a little bit out of our ordinary here, a little bit out of our system. 
could have could have thrown us off our, uh, thrown off the internal clocks, but off man, the body I am clock all off, ears. Yeah. I'm all ears if you just want to like get something off your chest Ooh, right oh, now. Can I ask you a question? Interesting question. What's for dinner? It hit me. <laughs> What's for dinner? It's your tonight? day off. You've um, definitely had time to plan this. Rent week. Hashtag rent week. We're doing some turkey burgers. Uh, nice little dill aioli over it. Low carb, like not an actual burger. I live yeah. in California. No one, eat, no, one really eats, no one really eats buns out here. So That's we're doing okay. the patty on a nice, you know, beta iceberg, but a little dill, a little chive. Look um, at you. Going to go, yeah, going to go a little Greek with the with the aioli. Um, something, a little lemon, uh, you know, reincorporate that dill. But yeah, we're going turkey burgers tonight. I don't like that. Any, anything on the side? Sweet potato. We're gonna do oh, a, I love dice, sweet potato. some sweet potato. Um, you how know, do you make I hit them, How do you prepare the? Sweet I hit my sweet potatoes a little olive oil, and then however you want to season them. I usually want to give them just a little kick. So, okay. like, I'm not kidding you. Salt, pepper, and just a dash of cayenne. You spin okay. those around in the olive oil. Spread them out on a sheet pan. You go high and hard. Uh, or no, first you go in regular bake. You know, bake for 20 minutes. Ideally, to get to get a nice crisp crisp on them, you chop them up like fries. You soak them if you have the time for about a that's half to, hour. See, that's what I, I my, my brother the soak me that draws trick. out. Yeah, my my brother taught me a trick. You boil them for about 10, 10 minutes. You, get them. Them, you, you soak okay. them up a little bit. You get them a little bit soft, not too long because then they'll get mushy. It, it dehydrates them. them a bit. You, you throw them in the oven there, and they come out. Uh, a very nice crisp, you know, golden. So what you would do is you'd dehydrate, you would dress, whatever. I think the olive oil is important before you go in the oven. Oh yeah. You bake, you bake high, you bake high 425, somewhere in that range for about 15 minutes. Depends on your oven. Keep an eye on it. But to finish, I go high and hard on a broiler to give them just that little brown, little crisp, little edge. I like that. Yeah. 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 So that's dinner tonight. How about yourself? Uh, I bought, I don't know if I'm going to have enough time because, uh, I, you were a little bit late here getting to the podcast. I want to get to the gym, Excuse me. Uh, run, right, a mile or, run a mile or two before eating dinner. Um, I don't know if we'll have the time. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe bed, bath and beyond. I don't really know if we'll have enough time. Um, I bought some pork chops from the store. I, I, I was thinking about frying up some pork chops and I also nice. on the side got myself a sweet potato. I usually go the sweeter route on the sweet potato though. I throw a little brown sugar on there. Brown also, sugar, yeah, but brown sugar defeats the point of a sweet potato. Just have French fries. We're gonna put sugar on your fries. I don't put a lot. You just sprinkle it on there, Joe. I'm not. What, what sugar's you, killing us all, Matt. Brown sugar's okay though. It's, uh, <laughs> it's better for you. Yeah. <laughs> Why I'm is like, it not? Because it's sugar. I've been told that we're supposed to steer clear of that these days. Well, this is Chicago, not California. We we can oh. eat sugar here. I think the health translates. When we Matt. go to when we go to California, can you cook for us? Can you cook one night? I'll cook dinner one night. I'd buy some that. steaks, I'd do a little grilling like or something. Yeah. I'd like to learn tell some me, tricks from Tell me if I need to travel with my cast iron because I you can know, check it. You know? It couldn't hurt. <laughs> uh, I mean, you're checking golf clubs, I'd assume, anyway. So maybe just slide the cast iron. This is a heavy golf that bag. travel bag. Yeah there's, yeah, there's a little extra in there, buddy. Oh, I know, I know everyone's wondering, but uh, new putter in the bag. New putter in the bag. This is great. This is People, great I've received, I've received, I think six pictures and a fifteen-second video of this putter. So We've essentially, essentially, it's the equivalent of like I, I don't know if any of your siblings or cousins have had a newborn. Basically, the the <laughs> amount of media that you get sent to you within the first. I'm going to start days an iCloud is, to where you guys could just like keep up to date. On I don't it. even think he's going to start the iCloud. I think he's going to start airdropping it on people. Just you know, yeah, walking we might back through that airdropping iPhone. strangers they pictures could, of my new could, putter. They could take a look at this putter. It's a nice. I told you, man. I just wanted to. I just wanted to, you to see the weapon that is going to empty no, your wallet. You. I told you, if you want to challenge me, my ego is big enough where I will accept. 
but I'm I'm five <laughs> lessons into a fifteen you know lesson plan here at Golf Tech, so I'm under a swing overhaul. If you want to take advantage of that, I, who that, I, I feel like I do the same thing. I feel like we might be missing some Moose and Runes content opportunities with your swing overhaul here. Like okay. where where are we at? Or did we just take it down to the studs? Like did we just? You know, I, I think the problem with me over the last year, I've been doing a lot of a, a lot of certain things in the golf swing. Uh, it's it's not the most technical golf swing we've played. It's not a bad golf swing, but I think I do a lot of little things wrong to counter to try to counteract a lot of other little things I do wrong. I don't think so, a lefty's ever looked bad doing anything, so I couldn't true. tell. Um, like, so we're, we're working on we're working on the backswing right now. We're working a little more of a shoulder turn on the takeaway than than getting. Okay. The, I'm getting the hands a little bit too much involved. We're trying to get the hands out of it a little bit. A little bit more shoulders in on it. Give, give me a little bit more turn, a little more steep backswing so I can get a little bit longer on the downswing. I like that. I think it's, we need to implement well. some yoga. Yoga That's, and a swing change uh, always goes well. I'm not it. flexible. That's exactly why you do yoga. What about hot yoga? Is that a, yeah, I mean, do whatever still, temperature. Do I like still the, do that? Yeah. They're supposed to. I mean, I don't know if you're supposed to do one or the other, but like you're in a room with however many people, it's usually pretty packed, even if they don't have a temperature control. See, room, I, see, that's, I can't steam. do yoga in front of a group of people. I'd be the one everybody's oh, staring at. Oh, Matt, that's... Joe, I can't touch my shins. Okay. I, 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 you I go back in the room. Down the shin. You go back in the room until you start feeling a little chesty. You know, it's uh, it's like anything else. You're not going to be good at it right when you start. But, yeah, uh, but you know, I think those, I'm, I'm a competitive I think guy. I like getting good at it. It's something that you can immediately see. Uh, like, I do you're going to get back. better. You're going to get back. better. You're going to get better quicker at yoga than you are at golf. Golf's okay, going to take well, a long yeah, well, time. Golf is, that's not, that's a terrible example. Golf's going to take a long time. Yoga is like easy to get good at, is what I'm saying. Okay. I, well, I don't think I'll ever get good at it, but I might get better at it. Do I come off as like very California? You come off as very California. You're telling me how but great But this is how I've always is. been. I think it's just a fact oh, that no, I live Joe, out here. I, I, don't, this is, I don't mean this <laughs> as, a, as an insult. Ever since I've known you, You've been one of the more California people I've ever. Ever met. since I've known I you, known you I thought you were from California. I, I've known you since my like my freshman year of high school. I've known you for, mm-hmm. for quite a while now, and yeah, you mm-hmm. you and California go together, and I think you always have. And that's not I'm, that's not a knock. I'm a big California guy. I love California, but I just Come on you guys, I I am, and I invited <laughs> you to join. Man, I think we're we're teetering on the edge of sanity as yeah. we usually do at the conclusion of these podcasts. I've never um, it is always a pleasure, and we hope that the Moose and Runes listenership enjoyed. Hope we, you know, brought a little brightness to your day. See, people, this is this. why we like the mailbag questions that get off sports because yeah. it helps us teeter. Yeah. And you, I know you guys like it too because I've gotten some feedback on it. People tell me how funny it is when we just start talking about nothing. So let us talk about nothing. Give us nothing to talk about. It's a podcast about nothing. It worked for Seinfeld. I like it. I like it, Matt. And I like the Moose and Runes podcast. Episode 98 in the books. Uh, Two more weeks to get us those mailbag questions. We've gotten some great submissions already. And uh, you can hit up Matt. You can hit up me. Reach out to either of us via text. We know most of you personally. uh, Or hit us up on uh, at Moose and Runes on Twitter. And we'll be sure to get your buy or sell or your mailbag question into the episode 100 extravaganza as always for matt i'm joe we'll talk to you guys soon may god give you for every storm a rainbow for every tear a smile for every care a promise and a blessing in each trial i swear i've seen a lot of stuff in my life but that was awesome 
Chicken on the steak was phenomenal.